Test, test, one, two, three. You know who I be. It's your boy, Don Wall, a.k.a. Moral SP. Welcome to another amazing episode of Embrace Matters of Race podcast. I'm here joined by Carl and Gabriella, as always. What's up, y'all? Hey. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's been a little while, but um, I'm always excited when we get together and do these episodes. I'm really excited about today's, actually. Um, If you're listening out there, we want to really just thank you guys for rocking with us for... As long as you have, it's been almost three years, Carl. Isn't that crazy? It'll be, it'll be it's, we're approaching the summer, and the yeah. summer is when we started. So that's wild. I, I count, I count the year at June because that's you know that's three that's June. almost a, three Junes. Well, we actually started in August, so that's not fair. But I just count the whole summer. <laughs> I count the whole three summer. summers. Three summers. There it is. Three summers. But we really appreciate you guys uh, for the listens, the likes, the shares, the word of mouths, all of that. So appreciate you guys. Um, also, shout out goes to all of the mothers out there because it's Mother's Day week. That's crazy that mothers get a whole week, though. Uh, Isn't is that it? crazy? That's crazy, though. I don't it's think teachers it's appreciation. It is. But- shout out to the teachers as well. That's true, too. <laughs> and the moms, shout out always. <laughs> always. It, shout out, yeah, always. Every day is Mother's Full-time Day. Job. In my opinion, mom. <laughs> I think my mom listens. So, mom, I love you. you you're the best. I got, a, I got a flower for you. Okay. Awesome. But, um, Gabriella, you had the idea for this episode, so I'm not going to steal your thunder. Okay. Thanks, Tom. So (laughs) today we um, are embarking on a series that we have all together brainstormed. Um, It's going to be a series about intergenerational, I guess, faith. And what that means is, well, the purpose of this series is to hear from different disciples from, you know, different race, generations, um, backgrounds, ethnicity, and, you know, we're embraced batters of race. So we tend to focus on discussions and topics surrounding race, but we think it's important to look at the different ways and things that also create and form our perspectives and our lived experiences. Um, So... In this series, we're hoping to gather gather some of those perspectives of people that are pursuing Christ. And we want to recognize and understand how everyone's journey is unique to them because no one relationship to God is exactly the same. And there is a lot of beauty in that. Just to get out of the way, some of the jargon we may use in this episode, jargon is kind of a funny word to me, but <laughs> we all go to um, the same church or a part of the same church. And the guest that we are going to be talking with today is also a member of our church. And so, for example, we'll, we'll be using the word disciple. And for those of you who may not be familiar exactly with that term or, or are familiar, what that means for us, and I hope I can speak for everyone, is that word's kind of that word is synonymous with being a Christian for us. And what that means is being a disciple is choosing every day to pick up your cross and uh, be committed to God um, and proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So same thing as a Christian. We just use, I think we just use the word disciple sometimes a little bit more than maybe other people. Maybe that's my assumption. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're not the only church that uses disciple. No, definitely not mm-hmm. at all. But um, yeah. it's definitely clear in the Bible. Yeah. Um, 
it's also a secular word too true that true that so uh let's jump into it though so i want to introduce our guest a little bit before he introduced himself drum roll please today we are going to be talking with my good friend darius reynolds um i don't want to introduce you too much darius but say hello what's up everybody thanks for having me uh excited to be here yeah glad to have you bro we're excited you. to have you. So I will just say that, you know, like over three years ago now, because we actually, like I mentioned earlier, decided on the same day to be baptized and give our lives over to the Lord, which is cool. But yeah, so over three years ago, you made that commitment and we wanted to have you on to understand how your walk with God has looked and why you continue that journey Um and why you are dedicated to helping spread the gospel. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like how you ended up here and yeah, where you came from? (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. So, but my journey, how I ended up here today, as you mentioned, pivotal moments uh, was that day, November 2nd, 2019, that I got baptized. But leading up to that, I was raised in Yorktown, Virginia, uh, born in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, My dad was away on deployment at the time. Uh, So I was born with my mother while she was with her family. So she went down to Alabama, Uh, but definitely raised in Virginia, definitely raised in Yorktown, 100 percent went to, let's see, York Middle School and then York High School, where I played football. Uh, and that kind of set my trajectory to Richmond. I uh, okay. had a few scholarship offers. Went to the University of Richmond to play football there. Shout out to U of um, R. Yes, U of R. Go Spiders. And during my time there, one of my teammates, who um, his name is Caleb Brooks, who is part of the church that we now go to, um, was reaching out to me, asking me, hey, do you want to look at scripture? Do you want to look at scripture? And I remember... You know, Caleb never asked me, did I want to go to church? He never asked me, did I want to go to Devo? Uh, It was very personal. Uh, We spent a lot of time together. We played the exact same position. So we were with each other all the time. And Caleb would tell you that it appeared like I did not like him uh, when we first (laughs) met. Like, we weren't really friends. We were his teammates. I didn't really rock with him. What was was y'all's first interaction like? Can I get that real quick? I can't even remember. However, it is, I think his... Um, recollection of it is accurate because I probably did seem like I did not like him. Uh, he was a younger guy. Um, we're in the heat of things, football nonstop. It's tense. It's stress. So yeah, probably didn't seem like I liked him at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he asked me over and over and over again and being familiar with just God in church. Um, I was raised again, going to church at church like Sunday, 8 a.m. to like 2 p.m. We Same. finally left church. Um, so my mother, um, her side of the family, very heavily involved in church. My grandfather, grandfather, excuse me, was a bishop over like a group of churches down in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, same place where I was born. So being at church was not like it was very familiar territory. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll look at some scripture. Most definitely. Uh, what's it? It ain't a big deal. I I know scripture. I've been around scripture. 
Um, I remember the first time we studied scripture at a Chick-fil-A on Willow Lawn, like the one that you can go into. Uh, we just hate Chick-fil-A and looked at some scripture. But from the very beginning, it was like very like, oh, snap. I've never seen any of these scriptures before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, so it was great. Very enjoyable. I don't know when the next time we looked at scripture again was, but it was not consistent. It took me a very long time for it to be like a consistent thing that we did. Um, but what we are doing is what we consider now studying the Bible. Um, but for me, um, and this is another term for me, it was like a very reconstructive experience as far as I had a lot of like preconceived notions or ideas or thoughts about what it meant to follow Jesus or like, uh, things about salvation or like even like just basic fundamentals of what scripture is that uh, as we were studying together was being like reshaped and definitely conflicting with the things that I grew up thinking or believing. And some of those things, I don't know if things were necessarily directly taught to me, but I had ideas in my head um, or beliefs in my head of what I thought things were. But uh, Mm -hmm. we studied scripture Again, wasn't consistent. So the span, I don't even know how long it was, but it wasn't until, I guess, uh, the spring that came around. I guess this this year is now 2019, uh, spring 2019. We're studying, studying more uh, away. I'm gone in California for an internship, uh, come back. And the fall is when things got really serious, like we're really studying. I remember Caleb, uh, in my, my head, he brought in like, Tony Williams. So I was like, who is this guy bringing in like backup for these Bible studies? Or like Brandon came in. I was like, why is he bringing up backup? Um, but side, it was note, side, note, <laughs> side note, Tony Williams is the leader of the church, by the way. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so I was like very thrown off by that. But um, that's around the time where I started looking at repentance, figuring out what that it was. And uh, fast forward, I got baptized in November 2019. Um, that kind of leads up to where I guess this journey that I'm on, that decision I made to follow Christ, uh, which for me means I orchestrate my life in a way uh, to spend time with Jesus, uh, to become like Jesus and do what Jesus did, hopefully. Um, But yeah, that's the journey. That's kind of a little bit about my background. Uh, If you want to know a little bit more about school, I studied leadership studies, got an undergrad in uh, journalism, uh, got my master's in human resource management, Um, going to D.C., uh, moving in June 1st, going to be a part of a church planting there and working for Capital One uh, in a human resource rotational program. That's awesome. How'd I do? (laughs) Good. Solid. You did great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Real quick, can you explain repentance and what that looked like for you? You mentioned that earlier. Yeah, uh, looking at scripture, yeah, again, this conflicted very much with what I thought it was before. Uh, but to not, today, I know it as a mind change and kind of simultaneously a heart change as well. Uh, it's a gift from God, but it's also something uh, that we can go after and we can orchestrate our life in a way uh, to, I guess, help the Holy Spirit bring that change about. And there, there are scriptures specifically that talk about kind of the fruit that come with repentance. Uh, and I won't dive into that, but yeah, there is fruit. It is evident. It is something that people can notice. That's real. Thank you. 
Yeah. Um, did you have a follow up question, Carl? No, I just wanted to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Darius, I wanted to just kind of uh, dig a little bit more um, into some of the stuff that you said. Growing up in Yorktown, I guess, did you go to church a lot when you were younger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did not miss Sundays. Yeah. What did church did look not... like for you uh, growing up? Um, um, I'm curious if it looked like mine. My, my growing up you church. know what? This is a conversation I have with Gabriella a lot. Maybe yes. you tell me. You tell me, and I'll I'll judge by any uh, head nods or verbal feedback if I'm going in the right direction. So we went to a church. Uh, let's say church started at 11 a.m. Okay. The music was loud. About around 11:10 a.m., the pastor would walk in. Did he have bodyguards? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, at <laughs> least seven deep, um, <laughs> ten deep, long line of men walking, and they are walking uh, quickly to the front of the sanctuary. Uh, they are fully attacking the, the area that is called the pulpit, which, let me tell you, you are not meant to go near. You're not meant to get up on top of it, climb up near it. It is not for you, um, unless you're a specific group of people in the church. Uh, the pastor would then go and take his seats. Um, and before taking his seat, he knelt and prayed. Then he would get up and start singing along in praise and the worship. The saran wrap is important. Yes, there is a cup on the uh, podium on the pulpit that has whatever the, the preacher's blessed, top favorite wine juice or the no not wine. it was no not at all it was any kind of drink he he, he saw fit to have um, yeah sacred drink and you yeah, put just, saran wrap on the top because yes to keep it fresh <laughs> to keep it fresh and there were seats at the at the pulpit and you could tell whose seat was whose by. I guess how elaborate it was or it looked. How high the there. chair was. Yes. And and church was long. Church was very long and it was loud. And um, there's def there was definitely a specific hmm, how do I want to say this? Delivery or preaching style. Yeah. Um, yeah. that was specific to the churches that we went to growing up as well. Yeah. How much um, do you feel like I mean, you grew up in that church, but how how much did you feel like you like really learned? Because obviously that that type of background or that like that church or environment, you still learned about God. You know what I mean? Um, you still was able to grow in some type of way in your connection with God. Um, kind of like a foundation, I guess. What are some yeah. of the things that you did learn from those times? Because obviously we're not knocking those type of churches at all. Um, yeah. We're just... We're just laughing and giggling about our experiences are the same yeah, because our, our it's, a relatable experience. it's a relatable experience. Yeah. It's hilarious. So, yeah. What, what's yeah. the things you did learn from? I think I definitely learned like faith in general, like just belief in the existence of God. I definitely learned um, that God was was definitely holy, um, not something to be played with. Yeah. Like, uh I definitely connect that to the area of the pulpit in some way of like, yeah, we don't play around in this area. Like the sanctuary was a holy place. Um, so I definitely learned of God's holiness. Um, 
being younger, I think I emphasize or heard certain things strongly. Um, so in, in certain ways I learned, I guess that holiness kind of translated into fear for me, uh, where it was like, oh, I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid to do wrong. Um, and if I did wrong, the fear was of punishment. Um, I definitely learned how to worship God um, and praise God without being concerned what people thought of me or how I look. Um, definitely the culture of the church where we went to, uh, we love to worship and we love praise and we love music. And that was um that definitely has a huge effect on me now um, as I attend other churches and I'm like, Ooh, um, but yeah, to worship unashamed and to pray. Uh, that's also something I saw. Yeah. yeah. To like spend time praying, like, and to really like give yourself in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I definitely learned growing up in my family gotcha. as well. Um, but to be honest with you, I spent a lot of time asleep in church. Like I definitely was not, yeah, it was the area of, I guess the things we were doing as a family that I was like, okay, this is you guys is y'all thing that I felt like a strong disconnect between me and them. Yeah. Um, And that manifested in different ways as I got older uh, when I had freedom to do uh, different things, but yeah. Mm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, um, I mean, at least compared to the past, to to where you are now, what are some of the uh, like misconceptions that you can see about Christianity? Yeah, I don't. Um, I guess based on my experience, I don't see and experience misconceptions. Mm-hmm. I more hear about misconceptions. Like I've never seen someone say or I've heard people say that the idea about around surrounding Christians is that they generally hate uh, gay people or people who associate with uh, LGBTQIA or anything of that realm. Um, I've never personally like encountered that experience, but it's experience I hear about. Um, Yeah, I think that's the largest misconception I think I've experienced instances where I've been perceived as judgmental. Um, So I can see that being something like Christians are judgmental. Mm. Um, Yeah, I must say I haven't had a lot of experiences of misconceptions. I think I spent a lot of time before before making the decision myself to follow Christ. Mm creating those misconceptions myself. Mm. Um, For example, I mean, uh, living a certain life and then also claiming to be a Christian. Mm. Um, I can see that can be very confusing to other people looking from the outside and then be like, oh, so Christians really do live a life where they truly follow Christ. I can see that being a misconception that I I definitely fed into myself. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I I think uh, I want to highlight too because people listening can't exactly like see you and know your age and everything that you are you're twenty three right twenty four twenty three 
23. You're 23. Um, I turned 24 June 8th. Okay, yeah. So you're fairly young. <laughs> um, and now we know your birthday. And now we know your birthday. So yeah. <laughs> it is coming. <laughs> um, but with thinking about those misconceptions of like the last one that your life can look like this and you're truly following God. How do you think that kind of manifest as a young person, especially as, you know, going into the fact that you're going to be in ministry kind of like in a church planting. Um, and how do you balance like, I guess, those misconceptions that the world may bring because you're young um, with the fact that like, this is the life that you've chose and you're pursuing that service. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So the first misconception I mentioned that uh, if you are a follower of Christ then, or if you're a Christian, then you hate um, anybody, a part of the LGBTQIA community. Um, so I do consci- consciously make efforts to make sure that is clear that that is not the case. Mm. Um, so if there are small gestures or things I can do to make someone a part of that community feel loved, I will happily do it. Um, and I think what difference what difference between, I guess, my generation now and other generations is that we are less concerned with the idea of that oh, if you do X, Y, Z gesture, you were saying that you support or you affirm that it's okay for them to be doing that. Like, that is not a line of thinking that I worry about, like, or have a fear of doing that. So if there are any Mm -hmm. small gestures, if I can identify you as whatever pronoun you prefer, if I can wear a pin that is rainbow flag or whatever, maybe I will happily do that to make that person feel loved. Um, because I definitely believe that there there are reasons why there is that misconception. Um, so I am consciously aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I happily would push back against that for sure. Um, that's one example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. What about your, I think of the, of course, 24 and, you know, my age and Dom's age and Gabrielle's age compared to the the folks that we know that are Christians or disciples. Some have been Christians for 30 years. You, you can encounter people that have been a part of a faith for way more years than our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that, or how do you feel about the fact that your lack of experience as a human or even as a Christian would reflect theirs in your in your mission as you're you're taking on this planting say how does my lack of experience reflect their experience sorry yeah as far as time wise hmm i couldn't i couldn't tell you does it matter yeah not not being yeah i can think of some ways i think for me and this is personally i am someone again and this kind of goes back to my idea of like God and being afraid of God and God being growing up thinking God was like an authorian, authoritative ruler. Um, so I can sometimes connect that same line of thinking to people older than me mm-hmm. um, and want to please them and be fearful of them. 
Um, and I think talking about this recently with someone else who was a part of our church, having grown up in the church, they were like, yeah, I don't view those people as like, um, as we would call them growing up pastors. Um, nowadays, I guess we just refer to them as leaders, but mm-hmm. growing up in my church, you called everyone pastor. There's like a title is a name and you, you held to that. And I think part of that is maybe just being part of those churches and also being in somewhat the South, like having mm-hmm. family from the South where like Mr. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am was not something you forgot to do. Um, so like seeing other people in the church who've been a part of it for a long time or have been part of this church specifically, I do see like, I guess more comfortability being open with people who are considered leaders, uh, people who you look at as having a lot more experience. Um, I would also say that I've seen ways where they're more proactive or more encouraging of pushing me to go after, um, I guess, positions or opportunities that I'm like, I'm totally not ready for that, or Mm -hmm. I should not be in that position. Um, So that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what I think to answer your question. Yeah. And hopefully that does answer your question. Yeah. Interesting stuff, bro. Um, thank you again for uh, coming and talking to us. Um, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That's, that's chat. But this that's is chat. great. And hopefully it helps you just to even to reflect or dive deeper into. Yeah, um, it definitely does. But um, <laughs> how is your understanding of God or how is your understanding of God changing even in view of you going to plant a church? Um, I think most, most recently I have just realized that God, God's intention for me and God's invitation for all people is that it's just the idea of partnership. Like God is looking for people to partner with Um, that God is like a loving father with my best interest in mind, Uh, that God's original intention was for um, intelligent and creative human beings to partner with him in ruling the world and building a kingdom Mm -hmm. uh, that he desires for us. Um, And just realizing recently that God's desires for me are just so much more awesome than anything I've thought of myself. Um, And that's the God that's like, hey, like, Let's do things this way. And even in ways where I'm like, Ooh, I do not want to do that. Or that that's hard to do. I, I can confidently say like, God has my best intentions and my best interests in mind. Um, but yeah, I think partnership, um, there's a scripture that I love that I've like taken notice of recently and like Exodus, I think it's 32. Um, and it's a scripture when, Moses is on the mountain talking to God and the Israelites are down at the bottom of the mountain, uh, wilding out, starting to worship a bull. And God is like, get away from me, Uh, Moses. I am about to do something in anger. And then Moses is like, wait a minute. And Moses is basically making an appeal to God and also uh, an appeal to God's character to be like, there's no way that this is the best idea. And the scripture says God uh, relents. And the word is the same word, I believe, in the Old Testament that is used for repentance. Like God Mm -hmm. repents, God relents, God changes his mind. 
um, because of what I view as prayer, like through a conversation. Um, so recently just learning that God is not this unmovable object that God is like, this is what we're going to do. You don't have any say in this. Um, like God wants partnership and he wants to hear from us and Mm -hmm. that he is very much moved by, you know, if we have a good idea, God would be like, wait, that sounds like a great idea. Like, like, let's do that. So, um, and I think that's very different than what I grew up believing. It was just like, this is what you're going to do. That's it. And as someone who grew up very much, um, did not do well with authority. Yeah. Um, I think this is a higher view of God of like, cause I think a lesser God would be like, you don't have any say, but a higher view of God is like, no, like I created you, uh, to partner with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're doing things together. We're ushering in the kingdom of God together. Um, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And, I can be moved by you. Mm-hmm. I can be moved by the things that you're feeling, the things you think, the things you ask for, the things that you do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, in a yeah. lot of words, that is one way that my view of God, especially going into this church planting, that uh, my view of God is being formed and changed. Um, and I think it's accurate. I think it's an accurate view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really like that that point you made that God's he's not this lesser God, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. and it makes me think similarly, like because we've talked so much about how our backgrounds in church and our perspectives of just like, are just similar and thinking about how four years ago, I personally couldn't have predicted that this is where I'd be in my life. <laughs> Like, I did not think that, like, I, I haven't told every, anybody this on my podcast, on, on this podcast, but, like, I said the Bible twice, like, my freshman year of college, and I dipped out. I was like, this is too much for me. And then, <laughs> I, um, and then I studied again in my junior year, got baptized in November. But just, like, uh, to hear your evolution or your journey with God, uh, it's really inspiring, and I, for me, um, even though it's so, it's kind of similar and it has different parallels to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wanted to ask, I don't know if anyone else has a question or has a little you got it. caveat to that. Um, but I, I also wanted to ask, like thinking back to your generation or our generation um, mm-hmm. and challenging some of, do you find yourself challenging some of church culture or things that have just been the way they have been, um, especially as you're going to a planting, like what are some of your visions for the church that you want to be a part of and you want to like help build? Yeah. And I think um, to answer your question, I'd first say that I became a part of this church at a very interesting time where people are, uh, I guess coming up with answers to that question that you just posed for me actively mm-hmm. every day, reflecting the past few years. Um, so not being a part of that um, and not experiencing the church in the same way they have, uh, I don't feel as strongly about things that they feel mm-hmm. strongly about. That makes um, sense. I get, to, I get to just listen and be like, oh, that happened? And simultaneously would be like, oh, yeah, I don't see that happening in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
So it is like there is this very much tension of like, oh, I hear these things that have happened that you guys feel strongly about that you guys very much sound like you want to change. Um, but I'm also like, I don't see any of these things. But I know my experience in the time I've entered uh, this body that we're part of. Yeah, it's probably very a, a vastly different experience than those. Um, but hearing those things like, yeah, I do very much want to go and create a church where those things don't exist. Uh, I very much want to create a church that is a safe place for people. Um, but I will also say that that takes a lot of work. Um, mm. And it's like an incredible amount of tension, um, just building the kingdom of God in general. Um, I think first thing that comes to my mind when I think of the kingdom of God is it's just messy. Um, I think mm. about a lot of the images that come to my mind when reading scripture, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, I'm like, wow this all happening in the room with me and it would probably look very messy to my eyes and to the messy to a lot of people's eyes. Um, But yeah, ultimately I want to create a church where people feel safe, where it is as diverse in every sense of the word that it can be. Um, And I know that means a lot of people in the same room as me who I do not agree with, who I probably don't see the world the same as, and mm-hmm. we probably have very strong different opinions. Um, so that's the messiness I'm thinking I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know, I, that's never going to be hard for me. Um, yeah. yeah. That's the church I'm going to build. I hear you. I'm, I'm actually really delighted to hear you say that. I don't think I've heard something like that in a long time, especially the things that you don't see that many of us who have been christians longer and we have a strong desire to to be stewards of the world as it as it is and meet people where they are you mentioned in your background about repentance being a mind change and a gift it sounds like well i don't think we'll ever arrive as people we're we're going to be humans we're going to mess up but it sounds like from somebody who has a newer point of view, who's fresher to the faith is acknowledging the change that a lot of us have been striving for. Mm. A lot of us are still striving for it on an individual level and a corporate level and a spiritual level. We should be continuing to do that. But I'm really encouraged Mm. just to to hear you say that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And that is, there is definitely a tension of when, People are like, this is what, and I do feel that pressure, even maybe others don't feel it. The pressure of, oh, we're starting something new in DC. Are you, are y'all going to make sure this isn't going on? Y'all going to make sure we're not doing this? You're going to make sure. So mm-hmm. I do, I even in conversations, I like feel that. Um, I hear yeah. it in the things that they're saying is I would like this pressure of, oh, I hope you guys do things differently. Um, yeah. I think it's um, it kind of just draws us back to the reason why we're even embarking on this type of series, because obviously this, you know, this is the first of many conversations we tend to have and tend to have. Um, But what I can already start to see is that uh, what clashes is the mindset of looking forward and looking at how God changes things. 
um, opposed to um, a mindset is that that's ready to rebuild something that has already been kind of knocked down, Mm -hmm. kind of looking back um, and saying we need to adapt these things and we need to rebuild these things Um, and not necessarily looking uh, for God to do something new. Um, And then (laughs) there are those who stand in the middle of that um, that is like ready to kind of pull all those thought processes together and saying, hey, we can rebuild and use the things of the past to inform our new future, Um, at least in the faith, you know, Um, because God Mm -hmm. is outside of time, right? Like he doesn't, you know, uh, he doesn't he has no time period. Uh, in which he dwells. But um, I do believe that God is his his goal is to use all of us, like you even said, Darius, you know, he wants to partner um, with, you know, the young, the old, the black, the white, the, uh, you know, just every different types of people that we have around us in these communities. Um, He wants to partner with us. And uh, we kind of have to learn about all types of different people. Which is the point, you know, which is the whole point that we've been talking about for the past two years (laughs) Um, is that God wants to partner with all of us, uh, no matter how different. Um, It's just dealing with some of the the clashing that's going on. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, super, super excited um, that you came and and talked with us, bro. I think we got a couple more questions before we close. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I was curious at um, with this question, man. Uh, are there? You kind of talked about like your generation opposed to other generations, but I guess are there any specific principles from different generations that is a struggle for you? I hope that makes sense. None that I think of. Mm. I will also say that even my generation is not a monolith. Mm-hmm. Um, there, even amongst us, there is differences of ideas or differences of beliefs or differences mm-hmm. of how we interpret things. Um, yeah, I think overall, a big difference I see is that like we're, I guess, less fearful. Uh, I think of the scripture, like the idea of being above reproach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that's in pursuit of also like doing what I think Jesus really wants us to do. Um, that's not really something that's at the front of my mind. Like, um, cause when I hear that, I usually think what they're saying is be above reproach of other people who are following Christ, who have strong ideas. Like I'm, I'm not thinking of like, Oh, be a reproach of people in the world. Like when I feel like that scripture is being brought up, it's like, okay, what are the other Christians going to say when they're like, see you doing X, Y, Z or whatever, mm-hmm. or they see you interpreting the scripture this way. I must say, I, that's not something that crosses my mind a lot. Um, I think also looking at scripture, uh, just the idea of like, I can see sometimes we want to hold to scripture so badly that again, fearful to do certain things. Um, and maybe that makes sense or maybe it doesn't make sense. That makes or, sense. It's interesting. Like, is there, 
no room for us progressing forward. Like I view Paul as a leader of the church Mm -hmm. and, but I don't view him as having no mistakes or making no mistakes in his role of leadership. Um, And this, I may be speaking personally now, but yeah, it's hard for me to view him as like, okay, since he wrote this and he did his best effort and he wanted to do it this way, that we should only do things that way. Um, That's hard for me to agree with, especially just seeing the many amount of leaders in the Bible through time who've Mm -hmm. made countless and countless mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the scripture, the difference about Paul is that there's no like there's no other party that can be like, hey, this is what Paul did and correct and say, oh, he could have done it this better way, Um, which makes sense. Just I, I mean. That's how timing of scripture and stuff worked out. But yeah. And um, Matthew 15, uh, eight and nine says the this this people honors these people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me uh, in vain. They do worship me teaching as doctrine, the commandments of men. Um, and that even, you know, Jesus, a number of times have approached the Pharisees and saying, you know, you you honor me with your lips and you honor me with you know, your worship, but your, your, your hearts are far from me, you know, and Mm -hmm. Jesus even, even doing things purposely to teach, purposely to teach the Pharisees or teach the disciples, you know, on the Sabbath and the Pharisees are upset, like, Oh, it's a Sabbath. And you have them picking grain and Jesus is like picking grain is a work like eating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like was the man made for Sabbath or was the Sabbath made for man? You know, and um, I think it's even kind of the same thing. Sometimes we can um, get caught up in, you know, not choosing, you know, a side or anything like that. Not that there are sides, but I think just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, analyzing the the world view that we live in. Sometimes we can be very um, just stuck on the words, so stuck on the words that we can't mm-hmm. that we can't hear God's voice or even God's explanation. You know, sometimes I'm like, man, who am I to say that I understand what the scripture is telling me? Like, yeah, can I just sit with it and let God inform me what's going on to, you know, um, yeah. being open to uh, God moving our hearts to love um, and putting people over ourselves, you know? Um, yeah, bro. Yeah. And I think that is something that and specifically what I'm talking about is just this idea of like, Hey, we don't have to be afraid or be in fear of trying to do things this certain way or if this certain way um, isn't to a T the same way as the scripture. Like, and I, and I, as what I loved about becoming a disciple, one thing that shaped my experience was like just a large amount of respect for the scripture and how much that fed like my faith after becoming a disciple. Yeah. So being on the opposite extreme of that, like, yeah, I don't read the scripture at all. These scriptures are all brand new to me. Um, and then where we are now, um, I feel like there is this, this tension of finding, okay, how do we wrestle in that between of those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense. It does. You're making sense. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely. Um, is any other questions, guys? I feel like we can go. We can go forever, Darius, picking your brain. 
<laughs> what, what do you think as far as uh i guess are you noticing things as far as experience um this is the first one this is the first one of the experiment okay well anything in your head any cultural I, age differences or i'll make an observation and then i do have another question for you i don't know which to yeah. answer first or ask but i'll just yeah i'll answer i think what i'm noticing is that what we're doing right now, what Gabriella, Dom, and I are doing is helping. These uh, conversations that we're facilitating, I think I have had a limited point of view and perspective that's been just mine and to a few of of uh, the, the choir, so to speak. And listening to you, Darius, has opened my mind up a bit more and given me hope where I think I need to start digging deeper into other people's experiences spiritually, other people's experiences from their backgrounds and how they got to now. And then just as well, listen to their, their insight where they can help me see things differently. So having that repentance that you were mentioning, you were mentioning just before, that's the observation that that I that I made just now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, kind of like you said, like even us being similar in age and like demographic, kind of. Um, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not a man from Yorktown. Okay. <laughs> I'm from the Berg. Yeah. Twenty minutes away. Twenty minutes away. <laughs> I'm not um, a man from Yorktown. <laughs> yeah, but um, I can say that I do agree with the statement that, like, even us, we're not a monolith. Like, we're not in our age group, whatever. Dim- there's so many different viewpoints and uh, interpretations and convictions. And that goes for anyone in any age, wherever you are. And I think, mm-hmm. I think where some people can find that as a wall. Mm-hmm. Or see that as something that's like, it's kind of terrifying that we're all supposed to be like the same body, but we're all like having different minds. It's like, no, that's kind of beautiful that we have different minds. Like mm-hmm. God designed us to all think and interpret and to like think deeply about things and like not saying all of those perceptions or perspectives are in line with what I think, but that, who, who am I to say? I don't know sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an interesting point that I, I um, agree with. Yeah. And I think, um, and this is my mind always goes to back to this is that, that those areas, those different perceptions, those per- different, excuse me, perspectives that the kingdom of God is growing in literally all of them. Like there's no specific area where it's like, oh, this is where the kingdom of God is right over there. It's like, no, it is being grown in all these different differences, these different age groups. Um, and that's what I think the Beatitudes is. It's like Jesus is saying, like this group, this group, this group, that's where God's favor is. That's where God's kingdom is growing mm-hmm. in the midst of like when they're all there's like tension. There's different groups like Jesus is saying, like, yes, this is what it looks like. Like, this is the messiness that comes to my mind mm-hmm. of like figuring out, okay, where's the kingdom of God in that? Where's in that? Because it, it, it is, I believe it's everywhere. Yeah. And it's always growing. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give my um, 
from what I, I guess what I've learned from this just this episode, and I'm really interested to talk to someone completely different from you in every way. Um, these same questions, if we get to, uh, because I think we'll then even learn even more, and that's why we're doing this little experiment. But mm-hmm. um, when I think of passages like Philippians two, you know, one through thirty or one through whatever, it says, so if there is an if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full of cord, full accord and of one mind. Um, and then it continues about doing nothing out of rivalry or um, conceit, vain conceit, uh, stuff like that. But I think just that, that passage, those few verses talking about being the same, um, and this kind of goes back to how I've been feeling lately is that we all read passages or we, we all digest these passages in such like different ways that it's causing friction. And it's like what we're what 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 passages are doing or scripture is doing, it's holding us back from working together because people have different ideas of what working together, to, like what we're working toward. Um, and again, I would have to talk to someone, not in your generation, I mean, not to say your generation is monolith, but like someone that's older, you know, um, someone that's been a Christian longer, you know, um, someone a different race is gonna, all these people, different things are gonna have different um, ideas of what uh, these things mean or what pushes them or propels them. Um, and what I do get from your generation, or at least from what you, I keep saying your generation only because you are the only, really the only one speaking for your your mm-hmm. age group right now. <laughs> um, that me. and and there's Gabriella. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I that's actually fair, that's I, cheating though because you're a part of this. Have, I have a question though to what what you just said too. I don't I don't know and maybe it's a pushback a little bit because from my perspective I don't know if it's exactly the scriptures mm-hmm. that is causing the friction. And then is friction always a bad thing? No, because it's, it's I think, all in questions because this is what we're here to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think that a lot a lot of times and maybe this is for me a church culture like misconception is that we have a rift between how we're interpreting these scriptures therefore we can't work together but it's like that is not the that is not the principles or the way that scripture was meant to be hmm. like read through and worked through like if you look at like like hebrew i don't know Scripture is meant to pull us together, not tear us apart. Yeah, yeah it's meant point. to be conversation about it. Right. And I, I do think what you just said, Gabriella, I do think that that is something I have noticed since becoming part of our church. Like this idea of if we don't interpret things the same, we can't work together. Um, yeah, maybe that's just my experience, but I feel like there that does exist. Like this idea, like we can't co-mingle or whatever it may be that's um, why this series is so interesting thank you gabriella yeah, yeah i must say i've seen that like i've seen that even on my campus at school mm-hmm. um i'm just yeah. like 
Yeah, no, nah, we don't we don't rock with them. And, like, and those hard lines don't really make sense to me because yeah. it's like we're completely then just like turning a blind eye to all of the background, all of the lived experiences, all of the different um, like built like morals and standards yeah. that yeah. come before us mm-hmm. deciding to become a disciple. Yeah. yeah. And like those aren't supposed to be washed away. I mean, we're washed and we're clean, but God still gave us those experiences to take from and pull from. Mm. So it's important not to like completely just leave them behind. Yeah. And I, th- um, I think Jesus would say yeah. the kingdom of God is still growing over there. Yeah, most and definitely. Us, yeah. Living and breathing. Yeah. 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 Talking about that foundation, like you said earlier, Dom, like in those in our church, although we weren't like, I love the Lord, let me read the Bible. Like that wasn't me. I would sleep on the pew too. I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. But I, the kingdom was there yeah. because that was my foundation. I, I can't forsake those times because I yeah. wouldn't have I wouldn't have sought out God. When I left those type of churches, I wouldn't have still had this. I need to get closer to God, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what those churches for gave me. Sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I like it, man. This this is going to be a wild ride. So yeah. I'm glad <laughs> we're on it. I'm glad we're on it too because yeah, we I'm all glad think I'm on it. because I, you know I, I feel like I'm, I'm the oldest, right? Y'all, if you're listening to this podcast right, right? now. I am not that old. I'm 33. That's it. That's it. Yes, you are the oldest. I'm the eldest. I'll be th- I'm 33. There's a long way till November. I got a whole, you know, we're at the top of the year. November is a long time from now. So don't rush November me to 34. What? November 7th. You're, it's, you're 33 and a half. And you didn't, have to, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. Oh, wow. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. I'm not answering any more Carl's questions. <laughs> Put it in the um, But, you know, we. I feel like I I completely understand what Gabriella and Darius are saying. Um, but I, in my head, I've had so many conversations with people older or people, you know, from different backgrounds already that I feel like this is going to be really interesting when we have someone else sitting in this seat. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you, Gabriella, for having this brainchild. This is going to be an awesome series. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks. Thanks, Darius, for deciding to join us in this conversation. Yeah, bro. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Make this sure was, you. Uh, this was good for me, yeah, honestly, awesome. to reflect. Make sure you, uh, you listen back, you know, for the next episode so you can hear some of the other inputs. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Building blocks. But yeah. Thank you so much for having us, bro. um, Or being here with us. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Please make sure that you stay a part of the conversation. Uh, You can hit us up on the social medias uh, on Instagram at embrace underscore podcast or our Reddit page. Um, It's our backslash embrace underscore M O R. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us again. Um, And we'll talk to you next time. Peace.